the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financially. Money invested in more. Thanks for listening to the show. We are in, we went into a bear market technically ending the last bull market, but we've also hit and started another bull market technically. Um, 20% off from recent highs, quote unquote, a bear market, 20% above recent lows, quote unquote, a bull market. But have we put in the lows is the question. We won't know for a bit. A lot of death still has to happen. I know that's cruel the way you say that, Rob, but that's kind of what we've done is the president came out after, I guess you would say, being in denial or being soft-spoken about it, wanting to be a cheerleader versus a doctor. Um, and we said, okay, 100,000 to 220,000 die. And then over the weekend, we heard the Surgeon General say a lot of people are going to die this week and next week as well. And Trump during his press conference yesterday at one point in time, said something smart. You know, he said, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to die. And, you know, if just one person dies, it's bad. That's presidential. Good for him. Um, we're kind of living on Dr. Dr. Fauci and his thoughts and on when might the economy start back up. And we take Trump's optimism for the economy. Uh Build it into the factor of the, not pessimism, but the science that Dr. Anthony Fauci is trying to throw out there, even though it seems like a lot of the science is being revised on the fly. Don't wear masks, wear masks. Um, this should be over in three months. It could be six to nine. So no one likes when that happens. Dr. Anthony Fauci did cautiously predict that kids will return to school next fall, but he says it's going to be different. So if you don't know, if you've been living in a hut on the beach for about a month, school shut down for two weeks and they said, you know what, let's tie this to Easter break and make it three weeks. And then they said, you know, no, this is going through the end of the year. And a lot of the questions now are like soccer leagues are done for the spring. What do they look like for the summer? School is done for the spring. What does it look like for the summer? Is it a shorter summer? Like there's a lot of questions, right? So Fauci cautiously predicted we'll get kids back in school, but he threw in that, but it'll look a little different. Um, And I think we don't have to get into the specifics of that, but let's say we get back to football games. I think they'll look a little different. Restaurants. Um, If I were to set up a restaurant right now, I know this is going to sound stupid, um, but bar stools, I would take half of them out so that people could social distance and people would appreciate, hey, I see what you're doing here. Things are going to look a little different. 
I was talking with my producer. He's 20 years, maybe even 25 years younger than me, right? And I'm like, um, are you going to go back to restaurants? Are you looking forward to that? Are you not looking forward to that? And he looks at delivery as expensive, whereas I look at restaurants as more expensive. And me, the delivery option, it, you know, two months ago we were talking about, dang, millennials, they're not going to restaurants anymore. They're going home. They're just watching TV by themselves. They're watching Netflix, and they're getting food delivered. And now, like, baby boomers and Generation X is like, yeah, we, we love this food delivery thing. He's price sensitive on it. I'm price sensitive on going to a restaurant, taking a family of four, having kids eat mac and cheese. And you're like, ugh. Did I just pay $14, $15 for a mac and cheese? And then you're like, well, I better get a beer to wash that down. And then you're like, that's $7, $8, and then 10% sales tax. And then there's service fees tied on to it and tips. And it's like, you're like, whoa, restaurants are expensive. So if you get alcohol or soda or mac and cheese, it'll drive you insane. So a lot of shifts coming out. What's it going to look like on the other side? And I think Fauci said it best. We're going to send kids back to school, but it's going to look different. In the last couple of years, we've had active shooters, right? That's been a big story. Not this year, knock on wood. But if you've gone to a sporting event, you no longer take in purses. You bring in like a purse that you can fit one tampon in, nothing else, maybe an ID, and that's it. But you also get a big plastic bag for all your other stuff that you're bringing in. It's like we've seen that we've gone back to sporting events after mass shootings, but we've done it and it looks different. I don't like going to sporting events anymore. A, because of crowds. Not a big crowd guy. B, I think it's a waste of money versus the TV aspect of it. C, the beers cost too much. D, the parking costs too much. So and again, I'm not cheap. I have enough money to live till the day I die. I just want to get some value for anything I do. The idea that it looks different, I don't like anymore. I don't like the crowds of going through metal detectors. That doesn't make me feel like I'm having a good night out. <laughs> I know you're saying, does Rob Black have like a uh, like a steel rod in his head or something? Does he not like going out because he gets called out for being different? Maybe. That's not the case. So Dr. Anthony Fauci says, we're going to return, but it's going to look different. Um, in like a one-week period, you went from like, oh, I can stop and you know, pee at McDonald's and get like uh, a soda on a drive. And now it's like, nope, drive through only. It looks a little different. Um, consumer staples are doing really, really well. And you can see that in something incredibly simple and incredibly stupid like the price of rice. Rice is one of those foods that takes a lot of water to create, but it's also like one of the top foods in the world. It's a source of protein. It's a source of energy. And you go, but it takes a lot of water to produce it. Yeah, but it's a source like bananas. Bananas are the top fruit in the world. Most eaten thing today. Um, how's that for taking a fruit for advantage? You know, one of the more interesting things that I'm looking forward to see come out of the whole COVID thing is not how life looks different, but also how some of these financial situations get resolved. And uh, let me give you an example. NBA players may have to return part of their, their compensation. Uh, NBA owners could get financial relief in the form of return pay in any compensation deal with players. Um, I saw like 
Alex Ovechkin had 48 goals before the end of the NHL season. And if he hit 50, he'd be the ninth player ever in history to do it. Or he's done it nine times in his hit. So he's like one of the top four people at it. Trust me, I don't know sports stats. But what if he had a clause in his contract that said, if I hit 50, I get another $2 million. And he wants to play extra games and the, the, the league wants to go straight to playoffs. Oh, those goals won't count. So uh, the pay situation um, and how much of it gets sent back, for instance, um, Brooklyn Nets star Kevin Durant, he's scheduled to earn $37 million this year, hasn't played a game. Was that $37 million for 82 games or was it $37 million for 50 games? How much of it has to go back to we didn't play them? It's then again, then you can start getting into stadium player like stadium workers, and you see how big this shutdown truly, truly is. I'm talking about NBA players giving back millions of dollars. Like that's fun, right? Anyhow, and anyway, Tesla's laying off people. Rice is surging. Costco reports tonight. TJ Maxx shutting down 286,000 staff members through a furlough. The data is going to get worse before the data gets better. The market's going to move higher before the data gets uh, rock bottom. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. The stories were very bleak for about a month. Wall Street reacted to that in a nervous fashion, but also in a smart fashion, thinking six months in advance. I think the bond market is showing you there's a lot of stress in the current economy. I think the stock market's saying that in the future, we're going to have a recession. Now, we've We've lost enough market value that we could say, okay, that's a recession. Somewhere around 20 to 30%, we could say that's built in. 35%, really bad recession. 40% down, maybe that's a two-year recession. I'm not telling you where on the line that you could say that is equal to that because it's not, it's not a science. It's more of an art. When the markets and the transports lead the market lower, it's telling you there's not an expectation for future activity. Um, so the market's telling us the next six months are going to be bad. We've gone and we've moved away from a stock market that was you know, perpetually focused in on COVID. And it's jumped from Seattle to San Francisco. It's jumped from San Francisco to New York City. It's jumped from Paris to Seattle to like, you've seen the numbers. And it's pretty alarming stuff. You've heard the horror stories tied towards it. It's a, um, it's a germ that can go through the, the sewers and crawl into your bedroom at night, into your nose, 10 floors below you. The person's sick. And it creeps up Ted Flores. Like, that's pretty scary. So that's something we're dealing with at this point in time. Um, the scary part is it's thrown into the market at this point. We've been warned by the Surgeon General. We've been warned by the president on numbers of deaths. So now we need to start focusing stock market. I'm using my stock market insight here. The stock market needs to start focusing on how bad are the economic data numbers get. 
and they're going to be bad. Shortly after yesterday's open, the S&P 500 opened up 3.5%, but by the close, it was down. We couldn't hold. That's a problem. But it's also not a negative scenario. If we were closing down 200, 300, 400, 500, starting down 200, 300, 400, 500, then we would say a little bit more sideways kind of scenarios aren't a bad thing. They're not necessarily a good thing. Maybe we're waiting for another shoe to fall. Maybe we're saying, okay, we don't think it's going to get worse. Let's see if it gets worse. The White House is looking into aggressively right now on how to restart the economy, when to restart the economy, where to restart the economy. And I think a lot of it's going to go into quote unquote hot spots. Um, COVID testing, COVID-19 testing capabilities. There's some nations now that if you've been tested, you get a certificate, which is kind of weird. But we're also starting to talk about life after the pandemic or life, what it's going to look like come fall. And it's going to look a little bit different when we restart the economy. It's certainly great news out there to hear that New York has hit a plateau phase or is near a plateau phase. I don't want you to become too Pollyanna and think it's like happy days are here again, pushing all my chips and uh-uh. There's still some states that are going to go through some pain. Some states have not imposed stay-at-home orders, and that's going to complicate when does when do we get a handle and how tight of a handle is this or a seal, you know? Texas and Florida and Georgia only recently instituted statewide stay-at-home orders. It seems to have worked really effectively in the Bay Area. Not so much in New York. Um, I'm not going to talk more, any more COVID at this point in time. I'll, I'll talk about like the NBA players may have to give back some of their money. Tesla is going through a pretty painful salaried employee cut and uh, they're going through some pretty tough, you know, furloughs on hourly employees. That's not great news for them. They've got a ton of cash. You may remember back in the early days of 2020, Tesla stock went crazy, going from 400 to 800, $900. And Tesla said, you know, we're going to sell some shares at 800. And that looks pretty smart in hindsight that they raised money selling at a high. So the new pay cuts at Tesla follows their first quarter, which was pretty good. It pleased investors. It exceeded expectations. But yeah, Tesla's doing a little bit of let's let's protect our cash. The acting Navy secretary quit after he ripped a captain who was pleading for help over coronavirus. We are politically still not in a good place. The price of rice is the price of rice is rising. The price of oil is dropping. Fascinating study on just you know what moves markets. When economies are good, we're getting it on planes. When economies are good, we're firing up factories. When economies are good, you get the idea, right? And when things get a little bit tougher, like, ooh, let's hoard the rice. Rice is up 7%. That's a big number. Hitting seven-year highs. Some benchmark prices for rice up 12%. So, like, 
let's say a bull race cost you a dollar. Now this year it's going to be a buck 12. Did you get a 12% raise in pay? That's why we pay attention to things like inflation. And India and Vietnam, they are set to, I'm not going to call it white gold or, because I'm not going that direction, but they have a commodity that's in demand. But they also deal with a lot of things with their, with their commodities, like droughts. I'm not a commodity guy. Let me stop and explain that for just a second. I think you can get everything done in your world of investing in let's create wealth from age 20 to 60 and let's live off your wealth from 60 to 100. I think you can do that without owning one single commodity. I've never said, you know, boy, I need to own a, a bushel of corn. I'm going to sell it to farmers at a, a lower price or a higher price based on weather or based on spoilage. I, a lot of people make investing too difficult for themselves. I had a friend last year who he was fascinated with Beyond Meat. I'm like, buy some. Get a small amount and think of it as Vegas. You're probably going to lose. But you'll feel like you did something. You'll feel like you were involved. The moment the stock stopped going up, he stopped being interested in it. And he's moved on because it's no longer as interesting to him that you know everyone wants to get in on that and get up 10 bucks a day. In hindsight, I regret the days of the dot-com boom, the original one back in the 90s. There were days where companies would IPO at 30 bucks a share and close at 90. You, I was making you know egregious trades, and I, I miss those days. But at the same time, I don't want to get you guys in trouble. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Hopefully, you're reading some books during some of your downtime or home time. Hopefully, you're less busy on some levels. I don't think that's going to happen. McDonald's global same-store sales down 22% in March. Not that bad of a number. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm waking up each and every day, probably about 4 o'clock, checking futures before I go to bed, checking futures when I wake up, just to kind of see how the day is going to play out. One of the areas that I do that is with Briefing.com and Patrick O'Hare. He comes to us every Wednesday at this time. We can talk to him right here, right now. Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com. These are interesting days, to say the least. Um, week to week, the story's changing ever so slightly. I like reading your stuff this week, in large part, because we're starting to focus more on earnings. We're starting to focus on other things other than death tolls. How you doing, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. Good morning. I'm doing okay. Thanks. So I didn't dislike your stuff last week, but it seems like this, <laughs> the Wall Street story is getting a little bit more diverse right now, other than just death and grim information well you know the the performance of the market would would make one think that it's trying to look you know to the other side of things you okay. know and um and of course throughout this whole experience um everyone has been resolute in this notion that you know this it's, it's not a question of if this gets beaten it's when right okay. and um 
you know, and there's been some emerging um, commentary that would suggest, at least in the case of New York and New Jersey maybe, you know, that you're kind of hitting nearing that plateauing phase, which everyone is obviously eager to see. Um, and I think you're seeing in the stock market in its unique way um, is reacting to that and probably overreacting to it, uh, in, in my estimation, at, at this juncture. But, um, it, you know, it's been nice a nice development, obviously, for people who have been uh, unfortunately accustomed over these last five weeks or so to seeing the market uh, typically trade down as opposed to up. It's definitely pretty interesting times. And um, you used a word in your opening bell column today, which is an area that I think everyone should have kind of a go-to to start the day as far as information goes. Um, use the word Pollyanna. And you don't want to be Pollyanna and like treat the disease weekly and you don't want to like not pay attention to the economy and not pay attention to future earnings like mcdonald's came out with some numbers costco is going to come out with some numbers but i love the word pollyanna and how you used it today um to kind of start kick off so to speak some of your market commentary yeah you know i, I do think that um it, because because the news has been so uh negative pessimistic uh as it relates to the impact of covid-19 both from a health standpoint and an economic standpoint right it's when you get any glimmer of a hope that's obviously you know great to hear and uh but i do think that you know uh the market is uh assigning too much uh credence to the notion that uh everything is just going to be switched back on and go back back to normal like it was. I mean, that that's my uh, view of uh, this, this rally we've seen unfold in the past few sessions. And, um, you know, and that's been helped along, obviously, by some short covering activity, which it can exacerbate the gains. But, um, but it's really, I mean, logically, it's really hard to uh, agree to that notion that you know, because New York is hearing a plateau phase that then everything just falls into place smoothly, lights get switched back on, everyone goes back to work, and lo and behold, you know, we're back to where we were. And, um, you know, one of the other things that, you know, I've been pondering is that, you know, you hear all the time here is that there was nothing fundamentally wrong with the economy um, going into this phase, right? And, and that's true to a certain extent. Um, but but that's kind of also extrapolating from that, this notion that then once you get past all of the health issues here that need to be rectified, that, that you do flip the switch and you go back to normal. But, but lost in that, I think, in, is that we do now have something fundamentally wrong with the economy, and it's not going to get rectified, you know, overnight. I, you know, it pains me to say that, but I think it's just – the reality of the situation that uh, this economic pain is running deep and wide. And, um, you know, from business owners I've talked to, you know, uh, anecdotal, I know, but, you know, they're all saying that, look, I, I'm, I can't afford to bring, you know, everyone back right away. You know, I don't know what my business is going to look like. Um, I have to restart my business. And that's why, you know, kind of like what you're going to see, I think, is as, as you hear pundits say you need to leg into the stock market here if you're thinking about investing. Well, 
on the flip side, business owners and the like are going to be legging into this recovery. Um, it, it's going to be happening incrementally. Things will get better, and that's good. But they're not going to. It's not going to be a night and day situation. Uh, we don't think. Right. I think Fauci said it really well yesterday when he talked about kids going back to school in the fall. He goes, "I think they're going to go back to school in the fall, but it's going to be different." And that phrase, "it's going to be different," um, I could see restaurants saying, "Let's get your temperature. You can't come in with a fever." Disney said they may do that exact kind of thing, and. That'll obviously slow things down, but it'll help the sales of thermal thermometers for sure. So there's going to be some winners and losers. Um, is that fair to say at this point in time? Like, for instance, my savings have gotten better. I've paid down some debt. I'm not doing expensive restaurants. I'm not doing expensive trips right now. Are there some bright sides to this um, COVID-19 shutdown, would you say? Well, you, you know. Or not really. Our, well, no, no, there are. I mean, like, like there's opportunity in in every situation. I think, and you kind of you know touched on um, on one, and as it relates to you know uh, taking temperatures. Well, obviously, you know, there's going to be a you know there's already an industry around that, um, but sure. there are companies that are going to benefit from the pickup in that you know that need. Um, you know, we've I think talked before in recent weeks, and you hear a lot now about uh, the rise of, of telemedicine. Basically, um, that's here to stay, and that's only going to continue to to improve. Um, you know, you you I think what we're seeing here is that uh, it's really been impressive, essentially, how the nation's you know network capacity has been able to uh, hold up so well here, with so many people now shifting to home and. and and doing e-learning and, and actually conducting their businesses from home to the extent that they can. Um, there's going to be a lot of investment, I think, in that area, um, you know, which you know, will supplement, obviously, the, the shift to 5G as well. So so there is certainly opportunity um, that, that's going to show up here. But, um, but I do think that, you know, when you talk about, you know, an improved savings situation, right, that, that's, that's great. You know, um, it, it kind of lends itself to some pent-up spending potential down the road when you feel right. more comfortable doing that, right? Um, but in the, in the meantime, though, the, uh, uh, obviously this increased savings is going to be an impediment to uh, uh, facilitating stronger levels of economic growth. The more people save, obviously they're not out there spending that money. And, of course, consumer spending is the biggest component of U.S. GDP. So let's throw it back to you and say, you've got two minutes. Give us your final thoughts. What are you working on? What are you looking for? Is there anything that we should be aware of at this point in time? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, we, we talk so much about stocks, obviously. And, um, you know, and I think what's really going to be integral uh, as we assess the trajectory of the recovery is what happens in the credit markets. Uh, the Fed has done, you know, a great deal of, of commendable work here to try to keep credit markets functioning. But, you know, one area I'd be looking at as kind of giving some sense in terms of the trajectory of the economic recovery effort is what goes on with um, uh, credit spreads and, and how they're responding here, because they'll be a reflection of the markets uh, thinking about uh, repayment risk. Uh, and from there, uh, can you know, will help develop uh, uh, an assessment of how quickly banks are going to start lending more freely, um, you know, in an effort to help get this economy going again in, in a stronger fashion. Thanks very much. People can find you at briefing.com. We are in an interesting stock market, to say the least. 
one of the things that Patrick O'Hare brought up was telemedicine. And one of the things that I really like about briefing.com is I could take telemedicine and I can use it as a keyword and search for it. There's a stock that I'm seeing. I don't have access to Bloomberg or CNBC to see what stories are breaking. I have access to Bloomberg, but I don't like using Bloomberg's content um, because it's a little bit wonky on transferring it from screen to radio. But I just took a look and I saw eHealth was down big today. So while Patrick was talking to me, I punched up ticker symbol EHTH. And there's like six stories on what's happening with eHealth today. And there's basically um, an analyst, uh, a big-time investor, saying that he's taking a short position on the company. And he thinks the stock's worth a lot less than it currently is. He thinks it's worth $20 versus $116. I'm pulling all this information off of briefing.com. And Patrick O'Hara kind of writes a morning piece, which I love. He writes a weekly piece, which I think is solid. Um, And that kind of endorsement is huge. Uh, But to also be able to use the service in a kind of an alternative way and say, what is that story today on eHealth? And why is it collapsing? Isn't this supposed to be the glorious time for companies? And it's, it's, it is and it isn't. A lot of doors have opened, but um, how shall we say, fulfilling the, the promises for Zoom and for eHealth, maybe they move too much on too many expectations. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Started the year 2020 with the roaring stock market that continued to melt up. We hit a plateau that we've never hit before, a 10-year bull market that we're like, woohoo, that's the longest ever. And then it wasn't. And it went from a very curious January, we're like, hey, we hear a little something's going on in China, to things are getting bad in China in February, to that wouldn't come to the United States, would it? To, oh, yeah, it came. And the markets reacted. And the swift speed that governments have shut down their states um, is going to push us into a recession. Recession. It's probably going to help the hospital system. COVID-19 in history, I think, is going to be remembered as it was a major strain to the hospital system. And doctors and nurses and anyone who works at a hospital is our, our, our heroes, when the system got strained, how did they respond? There's been a lot of finger pointing between Republicans and Democrats. That's unfortunate, but it is what it is. In this mess of things, oil has collapsed. $40 a barrel, $30 a barrel, $25 a barrel, $20 a barrel, $15 a barrel. Like, it's been a pretty bad run, and that create that wipes out trillions of dollars of stock market wealth. Stock market is a reflection of how you would value corporations – so we've changed how we value them from February to March. April is turning out to be a little bit more of a battling month um, as we're starting to get a little bit more data. Some of the data looks pretty ugly. How many people are going to die? 220,000 Americans is the high estimate, I think, on the markets right now. And Wall Street's saying we can live with that. A week ago or two weeks ago when we didn't know was it going to be a million or 200,000? Or 
And then the experts are now saying way less than 200,000. So we're like, okay, it's, it's demon known. You're seeing Wall Street react to that. Some of the questions are being answered, maybe. That's the big the issue here is that even though we appear to be turning the tide, um, you don't want to be a Pollyanna. McDonald's, Costco, corporations are starting to come out and tell us, like, how is the quarter going? Whether it be through earnings and or just updates, I like that. It's more information. I now no longer have to wonder, I wonder what all this carryout business is doing for McDonald's. Is it killing business or is it helping business? Is it more profitable? Like when you see the commercials for get a free, you know, uh, Whopper. The fine print is you have to get $35 of food delivered. And that's a lot of fast food. But you get a free Whopper, which what is the cost of a Whopper? And I don't know. This is like me being on price or right where you're like, this guy's out of touch. Is a Whopper $350 or $4? I don't know. But to get a free one, you got to get 35 So we don't know how bad this is going to be. One-third of Americans missed rent payments in April. That's a big number. Now, what's interesting about that is if you compare it to a month earlier, it was 19% of Americans missed rent payments. Now it's 31%. The 19% is a pretty big number, too. And again, we're saying, what exactly is pre-COVID and what's post-COVID and what's acceptable? Now, I own property, and so far my tenant's paying me, and I've got enough of a buffer in my life that I can like miss a payment or two. He can miss a payment or two to me. But a third of people aren't paying rent. That's a big number, and it does have a real consequence, right? Americans are losing confidence, or the correct way of saying it, they're increasingly more alarmed about the economy. That's putting a chokehold on future spending. Hey, my bathroom, it's got some cracks in it. It's 10 years old. You're supposed to upgrade your, or you could upgrade your bathrooms every 10 years. And I'm probably going to hold off a year just in case I don't want to burn through a $10,000 or $20,000 upgrade. And I'd rather put that in the market and get, woo, 30% in a year, and then I can get a nicer bathroom. So fear of the economy getting worse might hold me back. The NBA is talking with the NBA Players Association about clawing back some of the salaries. There's people like Kevin Durant, who wasn't going to play all year long, had an ankle issue or something along those lines. Tendon, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But they're saying, you know, if we only played 50% of our games and the season's canceled, why are we paying him for playing 82, even though he's been hurt? Like, there's going to be some drama there, some backroom drama. That you and I never hear about. Markets opened higher. They pulled back, and they're moving higher again. The Dow's up 260. The SP 500's up 30. The Nasdaq's up 86. The Russell 2000's up. It's a broad market move. The Russell's up the most. Russell 2000 is a group of small cap companies, typically located in the United States, typically doing most of their business in the United States. So you don't have to worry about foreign truck, foreign currency transactions. You don't have to worry about. Um, does their biggest market outside the United States get hit or not? They don't have a big market outside the United States. Kraft Heinz CEO says mac and cheese sales are soaring. <laughs> Invest in the healthcare system. 
trust me, you're saying, but it's already run up with a pandemic. Diabetes is coming. In Game of Thrones, winter was coming. In the United States, diabetes is coming. I've packed on a few pounds. Um, before I get back into TV, I'm going to need two, three weeks to get into fighting shape. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. McDonald's global same-store sales down 22% in March. We're starting to see how it hits. Um, coronavirus drug trials are going to be very dramatic for stocks like Gilead, ticker symbol G-I-L-D. Um, as the report positives and negatives, you can see these stocks run you know, considerably higher or lower. Um, Gilead, I think, is a great long-term name. GlaxoSmithKline is a great long-term name. Are they investable for you? I don't know. Consult a worker, advisor for taking actions on anything I ever mentioned. I, I think we're going to be consuming more healthcare. I think that's what's going to come out of this. And diabetes will be continue to be treated in the future as we eat more Kraft macaroni and cheese, as rice prices climb 7%. I'm Rob Black. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. 